0: So, welcome to another very special edition of Maths Lessons, a podcast all about married at first sight. And joining me today is someone who I, I'm, I'm going to take the liberty of calling a friend of the show at this point, uh, PCB, Paul Carrick Brunson. Paul, welcome. I would say I feel like a friend of the show. I feel like <laughs> a, a, a big brother to the show. You know?
1: <laughs> and, and oh, I have to say this is, uh, I want to shout out Kelly,
0: because
1: oh. Kelly... I, I did not shout Kelly out on my first <laughs> time round, and I know she couldn't make it. She couldn't make it this time. So I want to shout out my my, my little sis, Kelly, <laughs> uh, and, and also my man, Cy, as well. Uh, so I want to make sure I properly give them their dues.
0: Well, I, I think one of the uh, issues has been that this podcast has been so surprisingly successful, partly because of your generous appearances, uh, that scheduling's been difficult. But then, also, I think we have to address the elephant in the room. Scheduling became more difficult with E4's issues. This was <laughs> shady. <laughs> that was shady. <laughs> that was shady. <laughs> if they want me to toe the party line, they got to start paying us, Paul. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was crazy. That was, you know, can I? I'll even go on the record
1: and say that was the most bizarre TV moment I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but, you know, here, here's, there are, I always say, and I I messaged the press team and I said, there's small wins that come from this, right? So obviously the wrong episode was aired. It was then pulled, right? Um, but what are the small wins? The small wins, you know, Married at First Sight was trending for hours, hours. It was number one trending for hours, right? That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing, you know? Secondly, is it forced all of these viewers to really interact with each other. I saw them interacting on Twitter. They were interacting on, you know, Instagram posts. Right. It was the community was bonding. And I think now there is even more energy around the entire series because of what happened. So. We have to look at the positives.
0: Well, it's definitely built up more suspense for this final episode. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. I was tweeting some of the math lessons I Married at first sight followers. One of them was saying, "Oh, I got a special pizza in." We were discussing what kind of pizzas do you like. You know, it was it just became a bit of a chat while we were all watching an episode we'd already seen the previous time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'll, you know, I will say. I uh, I've never also seen an audience more passionate about a series ever, you know, in my life, never, you know, people are walking around debating this every place I've gone, whether it's the coffee shop or I've, I've made a few appearances on this morning. So you walk into the green room and, you know, you think, okay, the topic of the day of this morning is heavy politics, right? You walk in and everyone's like, no, let's talk about this Luke Morag situation. Like, this is what we want to talk about. Paul, why did you match these two? What's going on, mm-hmm. right? So I, I love that we can all have an opinion about something and be passionate about it.
0: I remember last time we spoke to you, you, you said how fervent the, the fan appreciation was. People beeping you as they're driving past in the cars. Has it gotten? Has it grown since then? Because... To to us, it seems like so long ago that we were talking about Nikita, for example, and it was it it started with a bang, but so much has happened since then. Do you feel it's gone to another level again?
1: Oh, h- hands down. And and you know, uh, my man Jay Z said, you know, numbers don't lie. So <laughs> we we have to look look at the numbers. And here's what I find really interesting: when we were talking, I think that that first series, that first episode was right around, um, what was, it was like 800, 900,000 people had seen it. Right. But then what you do is you look at the three days because people watch on catch up and then it went to 1.2 million. Right. Then you look at what's called consolidated, which is one week after the episode is aired, the consolidated for episode one went to 2 million. Then, You look beyond consolidated because there are people who are rediscovering the show, or should I say discovering it every day. The first episode has now hit three million plus. So you think about that over three million people have watched the first episode and that and those numbers have held up throughout the time. So millions of people have now discovered it since we've last talked.
0: Yeah it's a, it's become a it's become a huge thing. You can see that on social media as well with all the um, the memes of which there have been many. There have been you know so many different aspects that have been trending, and just the fact that people make that effort to make little videos and pictures and what have you. It shows how obsessed people become with the show. Oh yeah, and it's not
1: just the UK. You know, I don't know if if everyone knows this, but you know, this show has already been licensed to New Zealand. It's coming to Australia, right? Uh, it'll be online, but it's first they test it online, so it'll be online streaming in Australia. Uh, there's discussions for it to go to many other countries, including the United States. So th- this was uh, this was definitely a moment in history it, for, for sure in, in you know reality TV history.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to come to the couple specifically because I know last time we spoke a lot about the production and everything. And now we've come to the end of the series. Now's the time without spoil. We, we don't need to worry about spoilers. Um, we can talk about everything, all the vow renewals and everything that's happened. So I don't want people to think we're just going to be talking about, well, it's been great, but we're not actually going to talk about Luka Morag. <laughs> we are going to come to that. But before we do, one thing I wanted to ask you about the production side of things. Is a lot of people have said it's felt like a shorter series. Was that purely because of COVID?
1: Yeah, well, well not because of COVID. I mean, it, it always—I always say follow the money. You know, whenever you want an answer, you follow the money in life. Really, you know, is, is your spouse cheating? Follow the money. You'll see the hotel bills. <laughs> you know, follow the money. So, uh, I think we have to follow the money, and we have to understand that last. UK series. You know how many episodes it was?
0: Oh, was that, it was like four or five, was it? It was four, exactly. Yeah. It was four, four. Yeah.
1: Right. Now we have 21. Um, so what they did is they just said, hey, we don't know if this UK series is going to work. Um, we, we can't do 40 episodes like Australia. So let's try with a 20 series order. Now it's clearly worked. And I know that there is an active attempt to try to lengthen the series to 30 40 episodes if possible
0: right okay so what you're saying is we're going to hear the phrase the l-bomb almost twice as much
1: oh my god i hope not
0: (laughs) i think we should begin
1: the word the phrase l-bomb i despise that word
0: (laughs) it's terrible just anything with that level of repetition becomes irritating but I find it an annoying phrase to begin with. Do, do you? Oh, my goodness. The, the mo-
1: I, there was one episode, I'm trying to remember the episode, where I felt like I heard it six or seven times, <laughs> back to back to back to back. And it just irritated me. So I started tweeting about it. And there was a lot of support around the fact that the, the word makes no sense. And it is the antithesis of what love is. Like, L-bomb, love, destruction, love, kill, (laughs) love, like, what what is it? Like, what is it?
0: Yeah, it's also just sort of really, it's a a non-declarative thing. It's like, surely if you're in love, it's like, you should be proud to, you know, it's making a big step. L-bomb is sort of like stumbling towards something and not really fully committing to it. It's like, just either say it or don't, you know?
1: Right, right. And also, too, you know, what, what was really surprising to me on this show was how much... Attention was placed. Remember when I was asking uh, Luke and Morag, do you love each other?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Remember that? Yeah. Um, And then there was also a moment where I said to Matt and Dan, we have love. Right. What was really interesting to me about those moments is that there was a lot of almost pushback of Paul it's impossible to fall in love with someone in in three weeks. This is such a big thing to say you love someone in three weeks. It's the biggest thing in the world. The the same thing with the whole Matt and Dan, it's it's like that they, they can't be in love, it's three weeks. I find that to be really interesting because I think that there is an unawareness of what love really is. And that it's not simply the words, but it's the actual action and the commitment. And, and us walking that walk, right? The fact that they've already been intimate, the fact that they've been not only physically but emotionally intimate, the fact that they consider each other to be very close friends, the fact that they have a strong level of trust within each other and commitment. To me, that's what love is, you know? And, and so, I, I, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I find the show fascinating because we get a chance to debate all of these topics mm-hmm. and then become better in our relationships.
0: Absolutely. And and this seems like the perfect opportunity now to segue into those specific couples, starting with a couple who I think have been the, the kind of heart of the show. As I said, Nikita seems like so long ago, and you strip away that early drama. What people enjoy is watching relationships develop and they struggle, none more so than Luke and Morag. Yes. And do you think, with you saying about having an appreciation of being in the moment of Uh, that feeling of love is that's what Morag has learned through this, this process.
1: Oh yeah. You know, there Morag is one of the most misunderstood participants in this, in this experiment without a doubt. Um, And I think that she has caught a lot of flack with regard to her words and her, you know, her statements. But what I don't think is appreciated is that she's not, acting. And I'm not saying other people are, but what I am saying is that she's giving her full authentic self. She's saying, this is who I am and I'm flawed, but I'm not going to hide those flaws. I'm going to continue to exhibit them and I'm going to be vulnerable with it. That's the most important step in being in a strong relationship is to say, Hey, I'm messed up, right? But can you accept me for being messed up? And then you look at Luke, Luke says, I accept you, right? It's powerful. That's why I think their story, their love story, is, um, is, is a very powerful one to, to, to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you've said there, that you know, I've definitely had a lot of fun and Morag's ex- expense, but I don't think she's been anything other than herself. I think she has been authentic. And she's been willing at crucial moments to take ownership of mistakes she's made and, and try and change, which is, you know, that's all you can ask of people, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And and that's big to do that when you have cameras in your face because so many people are trying to self-edit all the time. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I applaud I applaud everyone. You know, I truly love each one of the cast members, uh, despite their flaws. Because we're human beings, we're all
0: flawed. Mm-hmm. With Morag and Luke, early on in the series, in fact at their wedding, the discussion about kids came up and a lot of people yes. this is where people really came after you on twitter uh i yes. was you know uh, i apologize for some of those messages they were they were unnecessary <laughs> 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 that was <you> them. <laughs> but um but people did say he wants kids she doesn't want kids what are the experts doing and you said what you what you've told people to do: keep watching so right. luke eventually at the homestays said you know thinking about it i don't want kids i thought that's what you do that's what people do that's what the process is um and then people were saying oh is he doing it just to make morag happy did is that something you could tell in the matching process that he wasn't fully committed to the idea of children
1: all right so this is an interesting one and this is going to be one that there's a differing opinion on okay when i first did my interviews with morag and luke according to my notes, my recollection of it, they both stated that they wanted to have families.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yep. Now, Morag and I have talked about this. She recollects that she said she did not want to have uh, a family, have children. Uh Our our recollection is different on that. Uh, And so that's exactly what happened, right? Now, Luke's flip later on, maybe I don't wanna have, you know, that's one where I, I think what you'll see with Luke, especially getting into the reunion, mm-hmm. is you're going to see that everyone was in this pressure cooker, right? You can't leave, you're, you know, you have to be with, the, you're in a pressure cooker. But then once you leave the experiment, and you have time to really sit and reflect, you begin to understand who you really, really are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that you're going to get some more answers on that at the reunion.
0: Oh, more to see. Great. More to
1: see, more to see.
0: Um, another big issue with Morag and Luke involved somebody else, involved Josh. The yeah. Instagram messages, that was another thing that on social media, it caused a lot of debate. I put up um a tweet from the dinner party saying that Josh was was using a classic player's defense of deny, deny, deny. Uh, I've seen I've seen it done and it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, whether whether it's whether he actually did anything or not, and even if he did, it's exchanging messages. They're both single, you know, that's it's perfectly fine. My issue was why did Morag bring that up and then how did it turn into such a big event? And what are your views on that situation? Yeah.
1: And I say, I call that the Donald Trump defense. That's the <laughs> deny, 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 <laughs> deny, smile about it, deny, deny. Yeah. You're crazy. You're right, right. Um, so here's my take on it is one is we know it's a show, right? So there's lots of editing. And I think what happened when she initially brought it up is it was being brought up as a part of questioning in a game. Right. So from that standpoint, I don't fault her for bringing it up when they when she first brought it up, because it was part of questioning in a game. And I think the question was something like, have you ever met any of the other cast members beforehand or something like that? Right. Have you ever interacted or talked? So it's fair game for her to bring it up that time. What I did question, however, was now revisiting it at the dinner party. Because what she made clear in the dinner party was that Josh is a player, right? That's really what the intention was. And he brought it out of her and she said yes, right? And I think that that that's a judgment that was unfair on Josh because my observation of Josh through this project is I think he had phenomenal growth in this project. This was a guy who, when he got in here, he didn't even want to acknowledge he had emotions, let alone talk about them, right? And I would see him sit on that couch and literally take in what we were saying and then go back out and try to execute it. And if you look at him week to week to week, he grows each week, each week he grows. So yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that it was brought up, But I think what's fortunate for Morag is, I bet you she understands that Josh grew throughout the process. And I think Josh is appreciative of the fact that was brought out. Mm -hmm. He confronted it and then he proved it incorrect. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it was good that he stood his ground and fought against that sort of once a player, always a player kind of tag. Uh, The way he spoke to Amy obviously wasn't, wasn't very good in that situation. Um, no. No. But it also leads me to someone else who I think has been, I think and I think you and I are going to disagree about this, um, okay. is uh, I think Ant has been given an unfair deal because f- the general sentiment seems to be that Alexis has been hard done by, what's Ant doing? But from my point of view, they flirted. They both came back into the process together. He didn't force her to do that. And then fairly quickly, you know, that initial flame sort of Died away, and then what's he going to do? Just sleep with her, just to sleep with her and lead her on, or you know, or, or she's saying try, but there's a certain threshold beyond which you know it's not there. He left at the first opportunity that he could. What else was he meant to do? All right,
1: let's 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 disagree. Let's debate this one. Are <laughs> <right>, you ready? <laughs> yeah, you ready? Let's debate it. Get your gloves on. Get your gloves on. <laughs> Strap up. Strap up. All right. So everything that you just said, I agree with, with the exception of the inception of their relationship, right? So first, let me go on record by saying Ant is my brother for life. A matter of fact, I think Ant is one of the smartest guys I've met, and he I gave him MVP defense on the couch because every time they would, every all the couples would sit on the couch, he had the best defense, you know? (laughs) And I would say, Ant, you're the MVP, man. You're the MVP. (laughs) Now, here's my issue with Ant and Alexis and they know it. So this is not, you know, this is not anything new on them. I didn't want them to come back in the first place. Really? And if you watch, if you go back and watch the edit, what you'll notice is that anytime Aunt and Alexis were brought up, I have no commentary. You know why? Why? Because my commentary was edited out, <laughs> right? Because I was like, what? this is crazy. They shouldn't be right. And zip, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not in there at all. Even when they're sitting on the couch, that's the, I I mean, of course I'm watching with, with super, you know, fine detail. Right. But if you go back, there was only one interaction that ever happened where I had no uh, questions for, the couple that's Aunt and alexis
0: now do you omar come on you know me do you think (laughs) i sat and i had no questions do you really think this? well i know you told us last time and it's been confirmed by one of your uh, directors that you talk too much (laughs) (laughs) exactly so you know
1: i was in them yeah so here's where i disagree i don't believe there was any initial spark
0: really looking at that flirting that was high yeah. high level flirting.
1: No, you know what, my friend? That was not. That was amateur league
0: flirting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that was year one flirting, you know? And 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 now was it flirting? Yes. But was it two people who were physically into each other? No. And here and and, and they confirmed it. It was confirmed, right? Yeah. And here's what I say, and this is very important when it comes to dating. You need two things to proceed in dating. You need to have someone who listens to you. That's one. And two, mutual physical attraction. If you have both of those things, you have chemistry. If you are missing one of those, your relationship will never, never form. And so when they met, they didn't meet with me. Right? Yeah. When every time there's a comment because I was adamant that they should not come back and to, uh, to, to Mel, uh, to, to her almost defense on this is what was also edited out is there was a scene in a later dinner par- a later dinner party where I keep saying, Mel, they shouldn't be here. And Mel says, you know what? She was like, you know what, mate, you're right. <laughs> right. So, so that's, that's my debate on it now once he got into the experiment yeah i think he acted like a gentleman he did all the proper things and i and i respect that about him you know but they just shouldn't have been there in the first place
0: oh that's that's very interesting because you're right i don't i don't remember you talking about them at all and you'd put on twitter actually i'll I'll make my my views known about um partner swapping and and things like that but i guess bits of that were, were just edited out completely
1: Yeah. But, but, you know, I understand it, you know, in, in the moment I'm frustrated, right. Watching it and and seeing that it's not included, but I mean, think we were filming hours and hours and hours and hours of, of, of this thing. The commitment ceremonies were eight hours. So the, the, the production team cannot include everything. And there's certain things that if you include, you now have to give a longer backstory on which will just zap up too much time, you know? So I can understand why there's certain bits you just completely cut out. And that's one of the bits that was completely cut out.
0: I'd like to come back to that, the the extent of filming um, which is done. When I talk about our next couple, who I think have been an, another couple who've created a lot of interest and controversy to a certain extent. But before I move away from Luke and Morag, uh, one issue that I think we have to talk about is Morag's friends. Uh, (laughs) i mean that night out people were going mad on social media because of how her friends one in particular was acting towards luke um i know you've just moved to to london has it put you off going to essex (laughs) oh Oh, i i tell
1: you i watched that in shock and awe (laughs) In, in complete shock and awe right But I I will, I'm going to come back and defend my little sis Morag on this is that when I was in the interview process, and I think I mentioned this last time is I interview friends and family, right? One thing that I found most fascinating about Morag versus everyone else is Morag has two distinct groups of friends. She has that crew that we saw on, you know, Mm -hmm. we we saw them in all their glory, (laughs) but she also has another group of friends that uh, and I interviewed one of her friends who's a, a co-worker of hers at one of the veterinary care facilities that she works at. And what's interesting, they describe her as two different people. And what I think is happening with Morag, as happens with many of us in life, is we move from one social circle to the next. We mature, we evolve. She, she, that was her old crew, Right, very close. That was her old crew, but she has another crew as well, and I think that part was not seen, and so therefore you look at Morag only through the eyes of that one group of ladies that we saw.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I felt so sorry for Luke there. I mean, I've been on I've been on nights out where I see groups like that, and I move to the other end of the bar. <laughs> it's uh, it's so intense. Um, but what I'd like to I said I wanted to come back to the extent of the filming and you mentioned this with Alexis last time and it's good that we get to see so much coverage so you can't just make a snap judgment on someone because there's so much footage for you to to really get to know them. What are we all missing about Frankie? Because obviously my um They've, you know, they've, they've both wanted to stay together at the vow Renewals. You've been complimentary of him. Charlene was complimentary of him when she was on this podcast. But on social media and when we look at him, he comes across. And sometimes we're unfair on him, to be honest. But we're obviously missing something. What are we missing?
1: Yeah, yeah. this is a brilliant question. Uh, and I hope I hope Frankie hears this. And in full transparency, I had a long chat with him yesterday. Um, and he, so once again, interviewing friends and family, right. When I started interviewing Frankie circle, what I realized is that from an early age, he had to become the quote unquote man of his household. When I say early age, I'm talking about 13, 14 years of, of, of age by 16, he left school and he entered the military. And when he entered the military, he wasn't just "I'm a regular old military guy," which we all respect our military. No, he became a commando. And when you think of the most hardcore things that a country needs to do to defend itself against terrorism and all kinds of crazy things, that was Frankie. Right. So you know, a lot of us sit in our you know sit in our couch, pop our wine, chill. No, Frankie was out defending his country. Um, And comrades were killed left and right, right? And so that's the beginning of it. My point is that this guy lived an incredibly challenging, hard life early on. And then he starts entering relationships and the relationships are not good as well, right? Not good. And when you look at someone like Frankie who presents himself with a hard exterior what a lot of people realize is, is no, his blood is red like us and his, hof, his heart is soft like us. And I, th- I personally believe he took a lot of emotional damage from those relationships. And there were actually times on the couch where we talked about it, but it just didn't make the edit, right? So, you, so therefore you have a man who is physically, he is physically worn down, right? Decades of you know, m- uh, military duty emotionally he's worn down as well. Right? So therefore all I'm presenting because we're all flawed, right? We're all a a work in progress is he is a work in progress. And there was one thing that Frankie and, and Marlies did that the other couples didn't do. They really guarded their relationship. So whenever they would sit on the couch, They would rarely talk about what was happening. We would ask them question after question after question, but they presented as a team. They would deflect, block. I'm not going to talk about it, blah, 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 blah. And I remember coming home, talking to my wife about this. And I said, you know what? I would do the same thing. If I was on this show, in this experiment, and I met someone who I really wanted to be with, I would no longer entertain the show of it. Mm-hmm. and, and when they started doing that, I realized, wow, these two are truly presenting as a team. And I admired that about them. Mm-hmm. And I admired that about him. You know, does he have things that he needs to work on? Absolutely. A lot of things. What he said to Marilise at the dinner party was disgusting. It was, it blew us all away. Couldn't believe it. Right. So he has work to do, but at the same time, I, I just think that, I feel like from a public perception, I I feel like if we really knew his background and understood the turmoil and the struggle, perhaps we would see him with different eyes.
0: Well, what I would like to ask then is, it sounds like, and I I think I sort of agree with this, and I'm complicit in this, is that I think we've been unfair to Frankie because his communication isn't great. And you say the way he spoke to Marilise at the dinner party was disgusting, And I agree, it is. But was it worse than Josh? Josh seems to have got away with that. And I don't know if it's because Frankie's an older man that people... He's been tarred, basically, with this um, toxic man uh, brush. Right. And I don't know if I'm going to get some blowback from this now, but what has he actually done to demonstrate that other than not... He's not communicated well, but I think a lot of other things may have been projected onto him, um, which is obviously, obviously unfair. I wonder if he thinks... I've come into this process and I've gained a great relationship out of it, but look at the response. Look at the perception of me from uh, from the general public.
1: Yeah, well, we talked about that yesterday, and you know what he said? He said, "Today is a new day." He said, "That's that's yesterday," you know. And and you know, and and I I don't think he will, uh, you know, be mad at me for disclosing this. There was one thing he said yesterday that really hit me. Really hit me. He said, "Yeah, Paul, I know, you know what everyone's saying about me." but I was ducking bullets from the Taliban a few years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he said that, I realized this is nothing. Mm. <laughs> this is nothing. Right. Mm. And so that was, that was a powerful statement. I knew, I knew, okay, he, he's, he's going to be all right. But I want to also defend my man, Josh though, because you just called Josh out. And, and, but, but keep in mind, Amy was doing the same to him. Mm. Josh, it's it's like, I think that what, is hard to appreciate about the process and why we have to really give it to everybody. Amy, Josh, Frankie, Marley, so everybody is that. This was a pressure cooker. This is the ha- the most, I didn't even mean, think about how hard a relationship is on its own. And then think of that on steroids times a million. <laughs> That's what this, this is. And so people are, are not going to always show their best selves.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I would I would say to him that um, probably he shouldn't refer to himself so much in the third person and call himself <laughs> Frank the Tank. It it's, it's maybe not, you know, it comes off, it r- rubs the wrong way. Um, but you, you uh, never say I'm Omar, I'm Omar the Mouth or anything like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why why the mouth? <laughs> we'll move on then to Josh and Amy. That was a surprise to me that they that they stuck together because. I just thought, like you said, there was. You're right. It wasn't just Josh um, having to go at Amy all the time. She was. She was remarkably stroppy. I couldn't handle that. There's, 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 there's no. I really like Amy, but um, yeah. to be in a relationship with her, it, it would be. It'd be hard work, I think. And for her to say, "Oh, I just need a hug," but it's hard to want to give someone a hug when they're throwing stuff and smashing. The cup of doors and things you know
1: yeah yeah I, I tell you what what I adore about Amy is she owns that she's a lot right <laughs> and she's basically saying I'm a lot and I need you to be able to give me a lot to, ha- to like to, 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 to handle you know my a lotness mm-hmm. right and I think for Josh coming in his thought was well I don't want to have a lot right now you know i want to just kind of be chill and and i i loved watching their story because you from the first the first moment and actually and i talked to josh yesterday and what i was saying is is wow look at this i think the whole country dismissed you at the wedding Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you were like no way this this (laughs) kid right here no there's no way but by the end you thought wow look him hasn't he you know stepped up you know hasn't he <laughs> matured and so that's what i i loved about their, their their whole situation you know and and also one thing i, I love about amy and there was one so when uh, morag was calling out josh at the dinner party around the the the, the, the dms
0: mm-hmm.
1: one thing so one is what josh then told amy was disgusting but what Amy was doing is Amy said, I'm going to protect my man, right? And, and that's a little nuance in relationships that I always look for is that do, does, does, does the partner seek to protect or distance? Like, remember the very first dinner party, Aunt Nikita? Aunt was like, nah, you're on your own. <laughs> Nikita, good luck with that, right? <laughs> but you see in these other situations where there's protection, Luke defending Morag at the dinner party right you saw Adam for the first time get really excited and animated when he thought his taya was being attacked you know that's where you see whether or not someone is truly in the relationship and when Amy was protecting Josh I was like yeah she's ride or die you know she's she's ride or die and I and I, and I love that
0: yeah I think the the issue. With Josh, there was that he just again. I think he feels the pressure of of the situation of being asked constantly. Where are we? Where are you at? How are you feeling? He's obviously not somebody who can who's comfortable. I mean, he said he's he's emotionally unavailable. I think it's it also seems that he struggles to ex- articulate exactly where where he is, um, and he he's often says he's trying to give people the answers that he thinks they want to hear. Oh
1: yeah, you you know what the common theme between. All of or nearly all of the men, right, is exactly what you're saying is a challenge around articulating their feelings. Right. Right. You and you have all you have all variations of that. So you have Josh saying, you know, Josh, like at certain points, he couldn't even name how he he, how he felt. There was one exercise that we did. It was cut out. Right. Where I where I, I said, all right, Josh, describe how you feel in this moment. Right. And he couldn't even come. He was like, um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm mad or whatever. And I said, no, 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 Like that's, 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 that's not the feel." And so we would go back and he eventually got to the point where I feel hurt. I said, well, then say that turn to your partner, Amy, and tell her I feel hurt. And you could tell he was struggling with just even saying, I feel hurt to him. It was being weak, right. Mm -hmm. To, to be able to say that, but this is the power. And so there was a lot of struggle with that and i think that if they could begin to own that piece mm-hmm. right they'll, they'll they'll have much stronger relationships going forward and and, and the, just the other opposite side is then you saw someone like luke who said he maybe shot too early yes right so he wasn't truly owning his true, you know, the true feelings. So yeah, it's fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating.
0: Yeah, there's definitely that thread of not being able to articulate, being self-aware enough and being able to articulate your your feelings. But also I think something that linked all the men together was uh, how frequently they wore shoes without socks. That was very upsetting (laughs) to me. I think you might've been guilty of that as well.
1: Oh man, I saw that. But can I say this? For the record, I always wear socks.
0: You always wear, oh, I see the little ones.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always wear socks. Always wear
1: socks, but yeah, they're just the, li- the little ones.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's um, let's move on to one of the like obvious success stories of the series is Matt and Dan. I mean, that was smooth sailing, and everyone was just ecstatic for them. I think.
1: Yeah, it it was big, and also let me let me. I know everyone can hear that. If you hear that's that's me wiping dust off my shoulder right there. It's dust the microphone. Uh, I remember when this thing got started. That a lot, not a. It was massive number of people said this is the like the worst matching lineup we've ever seen. There won't be any success that comes from this. And they ran down all the issues. And I remember saying, "Well, well what's your issue with Matt and Dan?" And 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 people were giving me every reason why. Look at the age difference, right? Um, one is a city guy, you know, one is, you know, wants to be, you know, in the woods somewhere, you know, <laughs> dancing on the beach. Um, look at the distance between the two. Like it was issue after issue after issue. You work through those things when you're in love. Mm-hmm. How you just work through them. That's exactly what they did. And I'm incredibly happy for, you know, for both of them. Going back to when I interviewed, Friends and families, I remember talking with Dan, and what I realized about Dan early was that he is incredibly attuned and mature, and he would enter this process with full authenticity and What I love about Dan and Matt is they didn 't play any games, not one game was played and look at the result
0: well yeah there 's a, a couple of things with that is I remember Dan saying at the at the end of the process that he was happy to not have to he wasn't really gossiping but talk to other people about their relationships because he clearly just felt it wasn't his place he's obviously um just a very well-centered centered person and and Matt seems to be that way as well i think possibly um i mean speaking for the whole fan base uh, favorite moment of the series was uh, was slightly drunk matt at the dinner party <laughs> <laughs> he was phenomenal
1: oh my that that was my
0: wife's favorite moment she
1: she <laughs> was like this whole thing is a mood on top of a mood. <laughs> on top of a mood. And uh, yeah, I, I actually, I've been posting that one photo of, <laughs> of Matt sitting there. With his wine. It was brilliant. And, and I, I wish, see, this is why I wish there needs to be like a, uh, an unedited, like extended version, mm-hmm. because while we were watching the dinner party, I remember saying, matt is getting lit right now look how much he's (laughs) drinking matt is in his zone matt is the one
0: to watch and matt he was just on fire all night he was on fire but the things he was saying he was he was like luke's mom who everything she said was correct but she was very nice matt had a bit of an edge to him (laughs) when he was he was questioning morag but he was never offensive he was asking direct questions which you can't avoid it was just nice and straightforward It it, it was. And and, and I also loved that the group saw someone
1: be so compassionate about another member of the group, because keep in mind, there was like a competitive, you know, vibe happening. They would always walk into these mixers and dinner parties and start comparing with each other. And that was one where Matt just said, "No, there's no comparison. Let's just get down to the facts," mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. and I loved it.
0: Yeah, it really showed that he um, cared for Luke a lot, and he wanted to. He was doing it to help Luke. It wasn't to to denigrate Morag, but he wanted to help his friend. And another moment where we saw something like that, um, when I come to Bob and Megan, was when Adam was getting angry with with Bob, like because he said, "You, you know, you've come to me crying many a time." you need to sort this out. Don't go back on what we've, what we've thought about, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, so here's some behind the scenes when, so when we watch, when uh, myself, Charlene and Mel watch the dinner parties, we are technically not watching it in that moment that you see us watching it. So we get a zoom link basically. And when they film the dinner parties, the dinner parties will, will run, you know, five, six hours. We sit and we can watch just like the control room. We can watch, you know, seven, eight cameras for the five, six hours. We can just sit there and then we come back and then we watch an edited version and give our opinion of it. Now, when that, when Adam was getting at animated, right, I remember I was sitting at home. I sent a message to one of the executive producers and I said, make sure you keep security close to Adam." Because it wasn't just simply what was happening with Bob. What a lot of what, and and I don't know if this was because of the edit, what really upset Adam, in my opinion, just looking at this, was that Taya was being attacked. So she was being attacked early. If you remember, Amy was mentioning, hey, like, you guys are not keeping it real, you know? And there was a lot of discussion at the table. And Adam felt like he had to protect. And also keep in mind, it was Amy, it was Josh. Josh was sitting next to his boy aunt, right? You had Alexis, who's really close to Amy. So I I think that my my observation was that Adam was thinking, wow, I really need to protect Taya right now, Mm -hmm. right? And then on top of that, to add more emotional strain than his boy Bob is, you know, doing what he doesn't think Bob should be doing. So he was so pent up. He was so animated and he's, he's had a couple glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. So I remember saying, just keep it close. Cause you never know who's going to pop on this thing. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly Adam didn't, he's a very mature guy. He kept it in, but yeah, I mean, the, the, these were very, there were so many moments that things could just go wild you know bob walking up to to jordan yes you know um there's so many moments you know when when you know alexis and megan uh several times um you know i mean just so many moments so many moments
0: um just talking about bob and megan how difficult was it to sit there and listen to bob's poem <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, you know
0: you, you got
1: you have to just love Bob. Bob Bob is also another I'm just going to be me and hopefully you you're going to love me. Um and I think I think we all love Bob. Like I think we all the everyone knows Bob is is incredible.
0: We we do love Bob and it was the perfect it was the Bob way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> there was no other way to go out. Yeah. yeah. No other way for Bob to go out. I mean how how do you think that situ- do you think that situation it seemed to resolve nicely where um you know after being, after especially the difficulties that we all felt sorry for Bob with um the first commitment ceremony um that he seemed to get you know that level of friendship and had everyone's respect and he could go out feeling much more comfortable. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to applaud both of them. Like really, like you think, okay, Bob
1: decided to stay with the woman who basically, you know, told him peace and I'm going to (laughs) go with this other guy. And then Megan decided to come back. And I know there was a lot of debate around, well, she's just back to rehabilitate her brand or, you know, she's just back to, you know, for some other reason, but here's the facts. The facts is she came back, and she stood her ground and she left with a friend in Bob, right? Mm -hmm. Not all of the couples could say that, you know, in terms of those that, that left, they left with friendship and she left with her respect because she came back and she was able to leave on her terms. So I applaud, I applaud both of them, you know, for the work they put in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the final couple we have to talk about uh, I mean, you can't really call this anything but a spectacular success and love story. Is is Adam and Tyre? Hold um, on, I have <laughs> some <dust> on. Oh, <laughs> let me get this dust
1: off. Oh, hold on, let me get this dust off.
0: Okay. Uh, I okay. mean, you you have to be happy with yourself about the matching this series. I mean, let's talk about them specifically, but I do want to come back to the. You mentioned the stats when we spoke to you last time about the previous series, but let's talk about Adam and Tyre because, again, when the series started, I looked at Aunt Josh, Adam, and I thought players you know, what was, <laughs> you know and and they've, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this program's about <laughs> um and yeah they've, they've they've all proved me wrong but adam in particular very quickly he's just such a nice guy um and as you say very mature and again once you get rid of the drama from early on in the series what you stay for is the discussion around bigger issues but also to see the success stories, to see a love story. And that's, and that's what we've seen with Adam and Tay. They just seem to, is hand in glove, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah. My, my proudest contribution to this project are, is, is actually, it, it, the, my proudest contribution is actually seeing the growth that each individual makes throughout the journey, right? That's my proudest. The second to me is the fact that we have actual success. And, and I think this is so important. And I know that the, uh, I know that, you know, people are gonna feel a certain way about this, but there was, there's never been success in the UK. Like we have to just keep going back to it. Before series five, there was never anyone who stayed together. You know, e- even um, someone, and I don't know if this is, is accurate. Someone even uh, sent me a message saying that even in Australia, for example, there've been, I think 70 couples and there are only three out of the 70 that are together. And, and only one of those three are, 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 are married. Like I don't, and, and I don't know, that's not me confirming it. That's just what someone sent me. But the fact is, is when you look at the US, when you look at these other places, they're not getting, they're not getting success. They're getting very entertaining television shows, but they're not getting the success. And I think what we've done with this project is we've been able to deliver all the entertainment all the drama, but also some real relationships, some real couples. And, and that's something I'm really proud about.
0: Uh, are you hoping for the wedding? I mean, you'd assume you're going to be a day guest. You're not just an evening invite, are you? Oh, man.
1: I've, I, I've already, well, actually, they've already told me that I have the invite. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, so that, hey they, they've, already, they've already told me. But I, actually, I said, I don't, want, I don't just want the invite. I want you to name if you have a son,
0: <laughs> Paul. Better be on the short list of names. <laughs> I don't know. Looking at looking at the stuff in Adam's house, I suspect he's a, he's a bit of a, a bit of a secret geek. So it might be something from Game of Thrones or something like that. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he's. I'm telling you, he. There's so many things about Adam that, yeah, you have to peel back the layers to understand how, his depth. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but it was actually his parents that. Made me believe in him. I, I had to talk to his parents first. Um, and, you know, when I heard that he he comes to the house every weekend to like clean, help his mom, you know, help his father. Like, I was like this guy. <laughs> man he is a husband for sure his husband material
0: well yeah you said to us at the time when we were fir- uh, that when we last spoke and we were first starting to learn a bit more about adam you said his number one priority is his family and yes. and that's become more and more evident as the series gone on uh but as you said again yeah. you told us in our last in our last chat that the the remit from channel 4 to the experts was we need a higher success rate with the matches you've absolutely hit that is that all of them We got to the vow renewals that that all stay together, hundred yeah, percent.
1: That's, that's one. See, look at you on the percentages.
0: Look at you. We were talking about the percentages earlier. Can I say, say say that one more time? Hold on for that's a second. A, that Hold is, on. I have to turn up. That is one hundred percent.
1: It's one hundred percent. Okay, just checking. Just checking.
0: I mean, the only the only way is is down from here for next series show. <laughs> yeah. The only way is
1: down. Yeah, and and I want to say this too is. um it's real treacherous, right? Because, you know, they've committed to stay with each other. Okay, check. But now how many stay with each other for the, for the long haul? Um, you know, th- that is, t- time, time will tell that, but I'm proud of delivering on what that mandate was. You know? and, and when I was signed up to this project last series, that was my mandate. And, and I feel like, you know, we, we've delivered on that for two series al- already.
0: Fantastic! Yeah, absolutely. um I think just to almost round things out, you also mentioned that after series five, you insisted that more people of color and yes. same same sex marriage. Uh, yes. Going into what will be series seven, not just in terms of the the types of participants, but maybe production issues, different things. Are there any specific changes you'd like to see for for uh, upcoming series?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, there's several. Uh, I've had calls at the the network and, uh, calls with the, uh, executive producer on this already. Um, but, and, and, and a lot of that, I'll, 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 I'll just let the results speak for it. You'll be able to see, but publicly though, I'll definitely say that I want to, I would love to see the age, the average age, the older, Mm -hmm. right. Um, and I understand the, you know, the business of it. You know, we're, we're killing the 16 to 34 demo. That's the demo that that's making all the money for advertisers. But I, I want to see some, you know, more 30, 40, 50, maybe even a 60 something right in there. Uh, I do want to see even see more diversity across the board, um, you know, in, in uh, there. I want I actually would love to see more. And I know this will be very hard, but I, I would love to see more of the couch interactions because there you get such like they're eight hours you know what i mean and you get 47 minutes actually you get less because you you might get 20 minutes and so i'd love for there to be more of that because there's so many people that watch to learn from those interactions Mm -hmm. and so it's important for those to be unpacked so so i'd like to see that um you you know as well uh but but yeah there are a bunch of things but i want to say that I applaud everyone on this. Like I applaud the the channel for taking the risk. I I applaud the production company. They worked their butts off. Um, You know, Charlene and Mel brought it. The cast members, all the cast members, you know, their family, their friends. But, you know, the real, the real heroes of this, and I'm not saying this just to try to like gas you up, Omar, and gas (laughs) everybody up. But really, it's not just the fans but it's the, it's the people who took it to the next level, the advocates like Omar, Kelly, Sai, like folks who listen to this podcast, right? Because what you're doing is, is you are not just a passive viewer or listener. You're someone who's a part of a community. And my personal hope is that we build a real family out of this. Like, you know, I, I look at this project and I say, okay, I could just be, I could just sit on the fence Show up, collect my check and just do my thing. Right. But instead, I say, no, I'm going to step up as a leader in this and say, no, we're going to build a family. We're going to be entertained, but we're also going to learn. And it's going to be a two way street. Omar, if you have a question, if someone listening has a question, I'll be on Twitter to answer it. Oh, you have an issue? tell me the issue and I'll bring it to production. Right. You know, let's work to make this all a win for everyone. So that, that's, that's my biggest hope, right. Is that, is that we all form a family, uh, and it becomes more than just simply a show, but it becomes a, you know, it, it becomes just a real, a real moment in our lives.
0: Well, I definitely think if I if I can for a moment speak on behalf of the fans that your interaction has been has been wonderful because we have always been able to just ask you directly a question on Twitter as as the programme's on air, and you've answered everything. Uh, there's been a couple of things where you've wanted to keep it between you and uh, Channel Four the production company, which is totally understandable. But by and large, ninety-nine percent of things you've answered, and it makes a big. It does make us feel like we're part of a community. Uh, speaking for our podcast, we're so grateful that yet again you've given us some more time. Um, it's made a huge difference for us, but also again an opportunity for us to ask you the questions that people on social media are asking. So, with that little round of mutual backslapping. <laughs> <laughs> i think that is the perfect place to end it paul carrick brunson thank you very much i appreciate it I, i i much love and much respect